It's Thursday, April 16, 2015. We have to take into account all of the uh, all of the costs of not doing this. Ontario, Canada launches cap and trade system to fight global warming. We aren't thinking critically about the in- impacts of where the money of Harvard's endowment is going. Students push Harvard to divest from fossil fuels. New poll finds majority of Americans support attacks on carbon emissions, plus the last male white rhino on earth is now under 24-hour armed guard. Wow, all of that and more straight ahead. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. And when my granddaughter Olivia looks at me and says, Grandma, what did you do? What I, I'm not going to say to her, I put my head in the sand, and so I didn't take an initiative that would have saved the planet for your grandchildren. I'm not going to do that. Oh, why not? Everyone else is. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, it's Earth Day coming up, but as we like to say every year here at the Green News Report, it's Earth Day every day. Yeah, check out any of the tens of thousands of events around the world celebrating the only known planet in the universe to support life. Speaking of which... What do you have for us today? Citizens around the world are rising up to demand action on climate change in Canada. Tens of thousands marched across Canada this week to demand government action on global warming in advance of a climate summit held by Canada's provincial governors. In spite of heavy criticism from the conservative Harper administration, which is trying to exploit Canada's fossil fuel reserves, Ontario Premier Kathleen Wynne announced her province is launching a carbon cap-and-trade system to cut greenhouse gas emissions. She explained why in a press conference. If we step back and we say, well, we can't do this because potentially there might be an impact that might be negative in one particular sector, that would be irresponsible. You know, if we put our heads in the sand and we say, well, climate change is, it's not a problem that we can tackle right now. It's too risky. It's too politically fraught. We're just, we're just afraid to do it. That would not be responsible. Cap and trade allows companies a limited amount of greenhouse gas emissions. And if a company has a leftover allowance, then it can sell that to companies that have gone over the limit. Ontario joins British Columbia and Quebec in now linking up to California's booming carbon trading market, which has already earned California nearly a billion dollars. Some critics have regarded cap and trade plans as a scheme, as opposed to a more simple carbon tax, a tax on emissions. There are two different systems. Cap and trade actually deals directly with industries, whereas a carbon tax deals with everybody. So everybody pays that tax, but that tax is then refunded to consumers for residential use. It depends on how it's constructed. It doesn't have to go back to households. The revenue can be distributed in a number of ways. In America, a new poll has found that 67% of those polled supported that simple kind of carbon tax in which the biggest polluters pay and the revenue goes back to households. In the U.S., a divestment movement is gaining steam. At Harvard University this week, students blockaded university buildings, demanding that Harvard University divest its $36 billion endowment of all holdings in the fossil fuel industry. Wait, $36 billion Harvard invests in stuff? 
Yes, not all of that in fossil fuels, but it is the largest endowment in the United States. Wow, that's amazing. So if Harvard pulls their money out of fossil fuels, that's a lot of money that will not be invested in those companies. That's right. And in an interview with Democracy Now!, Divest Harvard student leader Talia Rothstein says civil disobedience became necessary. We've been uh, repeatedly refused open dialogue um, of the kind we feel this issue deserves. They refused to engage on this issue and inevitably had to uh, resort to civil disobedience to put as much public pressure on the Harvard administration as possible. Just a reminder, it was divestments like that that eventually got South Africa to end its apartheid regime. So... We'll see if they have the same kind of effect here on the fossil fuel industry. And good news, the race for clean energy has passed a turning point. Bloomberg News reports that around the world, more capacity for renewable energy is being built each year than coal, natural gas, and oil combined. Nice, I like it. Meanwhile, a heartbreaking story out of Africa. The last male northern white rhinoceros on the entire planet. There's literally only one male left. He has been placed under 24-hour armed guard in Sudan. He's one of only five remaining white rhinos in the world. The last male white rhino's horn has been amputated to deter poachers who have hunted all rhino species to near extinction in Africa because rhino body parts are highly prized in China. Wow. So as soon as that one guy is gone... That's it for the species. Wow. For much more on all of the stories we covered today and the ones we couldn't get to, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us and follow us on the Facebook and the Twitters at Green News Report. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Two